Welcome to the OIS Podcast, where you get candid conversations with the leaders and drivers of ophthalmic innovation. And now, here's our host, Tom Salemi. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the OIS Podcast. This is Tom Salemi. Happy to have you here with us in this uh, beginning of the holiday season. Tis the season to talk about dry eye. I guess every season is the season to talk about dry eye. We, uh, we cover a great deal at OIS for a very good reason. It's an enormous space, one that's growing, and uh, one that's uh, really beginning to produce, produce promising uh, treatments, be it uh, Shire's Zydra or, uh, or Allergan's uh, Oculive device, which, which we hope to see some uh, positive news regulatory-wise in the near future. But today we're going to go back into the early stages. I had the uh, great pleasure to speak with the principles of Tier Solutions, which is a, uh, a startup that is uh, producing or, or developing a new potential topical treatment for dry eye based upon a protein uh, discovered at the University of Virginia called Lacretin. Uh, today I spoke with uh, the co-founders Gordon Laurie and uh, Mark Logan, both at the University of Virginia. And uh, their new CEO and president, Tom Gaddick, who, of course, you all know as the uh, founder and former CEO of Sarcode, which would be acquired by Shire and uh, which developed Lefitigras, which then became Zydra. So this is uh, sort of a chapter two for, uh, for Tom Gaddick. And uh, it's, uh, it's an opportunity for him to really sort of recreate the Sarcode story, but in a much different environment. Sarc- um, dry eye, rather, is... Uh, much more developed. There's so much more known about the space, and uh, there's so many more players trying to get a piece of it. So, hope you enjoy this visit with a very, very interesting startup called Tier Solutions. Gordon Laurie, Mark Logan, and Tom Gaddick, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to have all three of you here. I don't normally, uh, I'm not fortunately blessed with three guests at a time, so. We'll do our best to uh, to make sure everyone knows who's who's sharing uh, this uh, their particular part of this great story. But uh, we want to just bring an update. Tom, you you just came aboard as uh, CEO and president, and you and I talked just a few months ago, actually, about your experience at Sarcode. So it was nice to to reconnect with you, and, and we want to bring everyone up to date on what Tier Solutions is doing. But uh, before we get into where you are and where you're going, uh, Gordon, I was hoping as as a co-founder. And sort of the scientific founder of Terra Solutions Discovery, if you can take us way back and uh, tell us how you came to uh, to settle on this technology as a as a potential treatment for a very vexing problem, dry eye. Yeah, well, it came out of a screen for molecules that um, regulate basal tearing, which is uh, deficiency in dry eye, and it it was made possible by a conversation I had with. Uh, Jack McLaughlin, who was the director of extramural funding at NIH, and he fortunately loved the idea. I was a young assistant professor, and uh, he was very encouraging, and that got us started. And um, so we we did this screen in which we allowed Mother Nature to show us, you know, what is important in regulating ocular surface physiology. And out of that, we discovered a protein that we named. We called it lacretin, and it turns out to be a, a regulator of basal tearing, which is the deficiency in dry eye. And um, it also is important for the health of the surface of the eye. And um, so it's a biologic, and um, a couple of years ago, we discovered that if we just take 
a small piece of it, uh, a short synthetic peptide, we could get the same activity. And, and so that's the drug that uh, is at the basis of the te- technology for tier solutions. So, so what time frame are we talking about? When, uh, when did you discover Lacretin and, uh, and where did this all take place? Well, this all took place here at the University of Virginia. So the, uh, the first grant was in 1992. Um, the first publication was in 2001. So it took us a few years to, it was pretty tough screening and, um, doing the biochemistry and so on. But, um, after the discovery, um, I set up a consortium of collaborators doing with different expertise, people at UCSF, Cornell, Harvard, and they've helped move the story ahead. Um, so the company was started in 2013, and um, that's when, just around that time, we discovered that we could use the synthetic peptide, a small portion of lacrotin, which we call lacropep, as, as our drug for treating dry eye. So how, how does lacrotin move from a, an interesting project and discovery to, uh, to an actual company like, like Tier Solutions? What took place? Well, I uh, went on the website of the Virginia um, State um, Business Development um, Corporation, and I created an LLC. And uh, a couple of weeks later, I emailed Emmett Cunningham, and because uh, I was off to the Arvo meeting, and he agreed to, to meet with me. And uh, out of that conversation, he suggested a couple of names that I should speak to, and one was Tom Gaddick. Well, that's terrific. And, and uh, at Mark Logan, you had joined the company sort of as, as the initial uh, uh, president and CEO. How did you come to become involved with, uh, with Tier Solutions? Yeah, I'm also here in Charlottesville and associated with the University of Virginia, and both the medical school and the you know, Darden Business School. And um, on occasion, um, people... Uh, Knowing my background in ophthalmology with uh, Bausch and Lomb and, and uh, physics, LASIK, uh, they send uh, young entrepreneurs or professors uh, over to me and see what I think or if I can help them. And uh, this came from uh, the head of the Entrepreneurial Institute at Darden, sent Gordon over to me, who was having some difficulty getting some traction in the, the business end of it. And I uh, listened to his story about Lacretin. Lacropep, and I said, this is very interesting. Um, my background in contact lenses and LASIK, uh, I've caused a lot of dry eye, and um, I know it's a big problem. And if you've got what it sounds like you've got, um, I'm very interested. So um, I said, I'll help you look for a CEO. That was what we were started out to do. And um, we interviewed, oh, probably seven, eight applicants and none of them really fit what we wanted to do and so I said well I'll I'll help you get started I'll, I'll you know take the title on and get us a license and do some fundraising and put some of I guess I was the second investor after Gordon um, get us started here and um, then we raised the series a um, close of that last October that was the three million dollar series a and uh, we uh, 
you know, began to add some very good people uh, to a virtual company. None of us have salaries or anything. Um, it's all equity. So uh, we're spread out quite a bit, but we've added some very good people. And then uh, just recently, uh, Tom became available. He was on our advisory board, as, as Gordon mentioned. He met him a number of years ago. Um, but um, and he was on our advisory board, but he became available to fill the uh, present CEO position. So um, that was just just this month. So we're pretty excited about um, him joining. I would say so, Tom. You've obviously had some success and uh, experience in in Dry Eye. Probably one of the, the best success stories in the space. Uh, what did you find? Uh, what did you find appealing about Tier Solution Story? Where you you're already involved with the company at, at some point. Um, what what potential did you see early on that made you want to become involved? Yeah, it's a bit of deja vu all over again. <laughs> um, and uh, dry eye is still a very interesting field, and, and still a lot to be done. Hardly hardly tapped at all, even even with the success of Lefitigras. Um So what what attracted me at the time was I was on the advisory board and had an ongoing dialogue with Gordon in particular. And it was more or less technical help and, and some advice on how to think about, you know, the company's challenges at any point in time. And that was a very good collegial interaction. Um, nobody was offending anybody, no threats or anything like that. So there was a good chemistry, good chemistry between us. And then looking at the preclinical data, particularly efficacy in mice, that ha in a model of Sjogren's disease that, that have dry eye and where it's demonstrated by corneal staining that the corneal epithelium is, is particularly disrupted and not acting as a barrier anymore, adding either lacropec or lacrotin, the original protein, had a, an unusual effect in terms of returning the surface to homeostasis back to, to normal. And that was pretty interesting. It's not, the compound's not anti-inflammatory per se or a secretagogue, which are two other approaches that have been used to try and treat dry eye, but this just calms the whole thing down, heals the surface, and then the anti-inflammatory effect comes along with that, and tear quality improves. So it's, it's really perhaps nature's way, if you would, and that's, that's always interesting. Hey, everybody. Tom here. just want to let you know we're going to be sending out the content from OIS at AAO. It's coming out next week. So if you want to receive it sent directly to your inbox, shoot me an email. My email address is tom at healthag.com. That's the word health followed by the letters E-G-Y.com. Healthag produces OIS and this podcast and the Ion Innovation Newsletter. So just uh, shoot me an email. We'll make sure you get the, uh, the single email that will uh, contain all the content from OIS at AAO. Also, if you want to uh, sign up and haven't done so already, sign up for the Ion Innovation Newsletter. Just go to ois.net, give us your email, and we will uh, make sure you get great content delivered to your inbox each week, including this podcast, our videos, and our original reporting on the ophthalmology sector. Now back to the tier solution story. Gordon, you mentioned early on uh, that all of this started um, uh, 20 years ago or a little bit more. Um, what uh, what where was Lacroix during this time? Was it was it just a, something that had been researched that had been uh, acknowledged as a as a potentially promising product and put on a shelf somewhere? What what transpired between did you say not, 
2000, it was 2001, correct, or 1991 when this first started? I think I'm getting my decades mixed up. Yeah, 91. <laughs> 91, <laughs> all right. I'm getting up there where I can't yeah. believe time has passed. So 91 between 2013. What what happened over that time? Well, that that was uh, the – so we, we published on it in 2001, and then from 2001 to the present, it's all been, it's been about characterization of it. How does it work? What, what part of the molecule is important? Um, and uh, so to do that, we've cut up the molecule into different pieces and, and tested each piece. And uh, we've looked at how it interacts with the surface of cells. So there's a really neat on-off switch that is involved in activating uh, the cells. And there's also... Uh, interesting way by which it interacts with the nerves uh, in the cornea to um, trigger basal tearing. Um, that ties in with the latest understanding of, of how tearing is regulated. And, and this was all going on at the University of Virginia? This was going on here at UVA, but also in with, with collaborators. I, I collaborate extensively. Um, in some cases, it's a subcontract from my grant and I grant to these other places. Um, one big collaboration for us is the U.S. Army. So we have uh, over 300 different tier samples from uh, our loyal service people there, which has been essential for us to do uh, biochemistry on tiers because lacrotin is a tier protein, actually. And uh, in all types of dry eye, it's, it's, it's down-regulated deficient. So this is like a this is like a tear replacement therapy. We're replacing that deficiency and restoring health. Is the army an active uh, partner in in other dry eye tear related projects? I'm not aware of that. Um, How did that relationship the, come the, to be? Yeah, well, it started out with um, uh, collaboration with Scott Bauer, who is now at Hopkins. He, he was. He headed up the refractive surgery unit at Walter Reed, and um, he he was looking for a way to speed up healing uh, post um, refractive surgery. And he, you know, the contact lenses put on the eye, and he he had the idea of um, embedding lacrotin into the contact lens to speed up healing, and. Um, it's taken a while to develop that technology, but we have it now, and uh, and that's something we want to try in a, a different file. Fascinating. And does the, the DOD provide? Uh, did you say grant funding? In addition to the, the, the no, samples? No, they have not provided. We haven't actually sought grant. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I've not, I haven't heard of that connection before. So the, the tear samples are much more precious. <laughs> <laughs> are they are they hard to come by? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's very hard to, uh, you know, what we the kind of experiments that we've done are to um, compare normal and dry eye tears uh, in different assays, take normal tears and remove lacrotin from normal tears, and see how that affects cellular function and. Uh, and then with dry eye tears, we can spike back in lactin and look at function. We couldn't do that 
any other way if we didn't have that collaboration. That's terrific. And Mark, uh, you came aboard and, and became involved in 2013 and, and assisted with that first financing. What was uh, what was that process like? Obviously, anyone who's attended OIS and, and well, knows anything about ophthalmology knows this space is uh, is drawing a lot of interest. Uh, is was that first fundraising easier than you had hoped, or more difficult, or what, what, can you just characterize it for us? Yeah. It, well, the first money, as I said, well, Gordon had put some money in, obviously, and then. I put some in, and I have connections over the year, ophthalmologists uh, who know this is a serious problem and know me, and, and uh, so we raised uh, a fair amount through those individuals, and uh, then we, um, there's a, a, I called Medarva, they used to be Richmond Eye and Air Hospital, and they started a foundation, and they, they do grants, usually $50,000 grants to university-based um, ophthalmology projects. Um, and they were considering giving us a grant, uh, $50,000, and they came and saw our presentation. They said, well, you know, we think we'd like to make this part of our investment portfolio. So they came in with a, a fairly large amount, and then also uh, Santin Pharmaceuticals uh, became an investor. They talked to us uh, for a number of, uh, I want to say years, it seems like years. <laughs> It was, it was certainly more than one year, but uh, and then they said they like to invest, in, be an investor in this their development uh, venture group. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the, we raised three million, and that was it wasn't too hard, and that has allowed us to do all our preclinical work, uh, which was pretty easy actually, uh, all outsourced, of course. And, um, now we're going for some bigger money uh, to, to do the clinical, human clinical work. And, uh, so that's, um, that's, that's a little bit more uh, challenging. Mm. But, uh, we're going to do it. And that's, and that's where you come in, Tom? Looking for that next, uh, the next round? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I can be persistent in the pursuit <laughs> of some venture people. <laughs> at, at the, to a degree, there's a lot of that in it. Um, don't take anything personally, but keep going, Adam. And I think this is a great story, and it's, it's for a venture looking at it as an investment. You know, it's all of the research is done, and we're transitioning into a clinical study that's going to provide proof of concept. Um, so... That's a good position that they like to be in. They normally don't like to invest in preclinical assets, but we're just, you know, an inch away from the clinic. So they're, they're more interested at this point. So hopefully we'll bring in some Series B financing that'll get us through uh, clinical proof of concept. We should have that data in roughly a year, 12 months from now. And then if, depending on how positive it is, um, should enable an exit or at least an inflection in the company that allow us to redefine it as to whether we want to become a larger ophthalmic pharmaceutical company or just sell a single asset at that point in time. And your your uh, development plan in reading this, it's that you'd like to be through your phase two studies within three years and with a potential product launch within five to six through sort of an outsourcing development plan. Is that still the direction you'd like to go? So we're, you know, the first study, first in man study will be a phase one, phase two, depending on what the data from that shows us. Maybe we do another phase two. And then, 
into phase three studies, you can run those in parallel, hopefully. So maybe you're talking you could be done with a phase three in kind of three to four years. And, and regard, regarding the long-term plans, I think you and I talked about this when we talked about SARCO, the sort of decision whether to, to sell at the time or to to go it alone. And, and back at the time of the, the sale, the market was a bit different. Uh, the IPO market hadn't quite opened up yet and it kind of has closed since, although it could be found again, I'm sure, by the time this is ready. How do you, <laughs> who knows, but how do you go it forward? It opens and closes. It opens and closes. <laughs> so how do you go forward? Uh, you know, in the, in, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you have to set a path now? We're going to be on a path to, to, to exit this or, or, or to partner with someone in two to three years, or we're going to go and be our own independent company, or is there a way of sort of uh, straddling both paths and ensuring you have lots of options two or three years from now? Yeah, it's more the latter. You don't you don't close out opportunities at this point because we don't know what the landscape's going to be at the point in time we're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have to spend a lot of time. It's the same process to get good positive data and add value to the company. And then the question of where the company decides to go in terms of an IPO or you know, more internal uh, private financing to move forward through approval, but to also potentially bring along other programs to fill out a pipeline, all of that can be enabled. You have to be more careful about killing off sprouting things. <laughs> uh, you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can keep things alive with benign neglect at least. So this is a, an exciting time. I mean, to, when do you anticipate to be out on the market and beginning to harass uh, investors? Uh, we are. You are. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you, you always have a dialogue going with people that you know, and uh, they're always willing to hear new things. You know, certainly the approval of uh, Lefitigras with Sarcode's story got a lot of people's attention. There were a lot of people who didn't understand exactly what was going on in terms of ultimately four separate phase three trials, two for symptom, two for sign is what the basis of the approval was. Um, but... So now the now the regulatory landscape is much more well defined at this point in time, and, and we think we can move forward. We think the preclinical data that we have at this point, certainly for corneal staining, um, really uh, gives a strong indication, expectation of efficacy for that endpoint in the clinic. So our thoughts are now much more toward uh, symptoms and how to best address them, elicit them, actually, in terms of the data out on the trial. That's that's the challenge at this point. Is the environment markedly different than it was when you were uh, in a similar state with SARCODE uh, earlier? And, and how, how has it changed? I mean, obviously, you mentioned the approval of Zydril or Fitograst. We've seen Oculeve is, is doing well. There's a lot more attention in dry eye. But how does that translate down at the, at the startup level? So at the startup level, at least for a well-conceived startup, I think that the process at this point is about the same. It's trying to convince investors who are normally shy about a preclinical asset, no human data, um, but the expectation from the preclinical animal data is that this is quite different and potentially could be, you know, viewed as, it should be viewed as a protein replacement therapy or a natural therapeutic, if you will. 
Um, so that should that fits into a, an investment paradigm that's been well proven in the past in terms of a number of drugs, growth hormone, insulin, that are purely replacement therapies. So that that's well received. Um, getting people to step over the line and put some money out there is is the next step. Uh, I'm not sure 100% that I understand that process, but I, I, I know that we're under consideration at this point, serious consideration. Um, and we're not trying to, you know, seduce anybody into doing something they're not comfortable with. We want, we want a partner, you know, an investor who's going to be a partner and help us through the latter stages down the road. Absolutely. Gordon, this must be uh, an exciting time for you. I mean, to be, to be working with this uh, asset for such a long time and to see it really form into something potentially great. It's very exciting, and I, I pinch myself every day, <laughs> several times a day, uh, and having such uh, quality business people like Tom and, and Mark uh, helping out and the others. Well, this is a, a great story. I hope it's one that we'll hear at, at an upcoming OIS, and uh, and I, I hope you'll bring uh, much relief to to dry eye sufferers in the future after uh, after you get to work on this. This is terrific news. Thanks very much. Great, thank you. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for joining me. Well, that is a wrap. Thank you so much, Tom Gaddick, Mark Logan, and Gordon Lowry from Tier Solutions for uh, sharing your story. We look forward to tracking your success in the future and seeing you at an upcoming OIS. Thanks to our listeners for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed Tier Solutions' story. If uh, you had a few minutes or a few seconds even, please uh, consider giving us a rating. Uh, if you go to whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on and uh, let us know how we're doing, give us a rating, leave a comment, and, of course, uh, tell your friends. If you've got a friend who enjoys uh, innovation within ophthalmology who wants to hear from the leading investors and startups and clinicians, uh, I think you would uh, do them a solid by sharing... Uh, sharing uh, this podcast with them. So uh, this has uh, been an exciting journey for us uh, coming up on the close of uh, 2016. We've been doing this for over two years, which is amazing. And we'd love to uh, keep building on the success. So uh, please do tell your friends. And of course, uh, tune in next week for another tale of innovation on the OIS podcast.